welcome to AIIW News. This is episode 12. It'll be a little bit shorter today. The news is just completely inundated with Trump. You can't get away from it, and there's not a whole lot to talk about yet. So <laughs> we're just going to continue not talking about it too much. The one thing I did want to bring up, and we'll jump right on into our first of three stories, is uh, I wanted to introduce you to Donald Trump's judge. His name is Juan Merchan, or Merchan, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, he is the judge overseeing Donald Trump Stormy, Stormy Daniels case. Uh, so April 4th from Reuters, uh, this was written by Tom Howells, and his article says, when Donald Trump walks into Justice Juan Merchan's courtroom on Tuesday to face criminal charges, it will be a first for a former U.S. president but familiar territory for the veteran judge who serves on, Man on Manhattan's criminal court. Marchand, Merchan last year oversaw a criminal trial of the Trump organization that ended with the real estate company convicted by a jury of tax fraud and hit with fines while one of its longstanding executives, Alan Weisselberg, pleaded guilty and was sent to jail. Trump is expected to be arraigned before Merchan on a Tuesday following a grand jury investigation to hus hush money paid to porn star Stormy Daniels in the run-up to the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Uh, it, let me just state that we haven't even established that Trump had any knowledge or knew that this payment was taking place or that this was even going on, uh, and the whole thing is completely um, propped up by liars Stormy Daniels and, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, can't remember his name. Did it say it? No, it's all the his former lawyer. Um, regardless, what I wanted to say about this judge is that he is out to get Trump. There is it's not it's not random chance that this is the exact same judge that was persecuting the Trump organization last year. So. New York City is not favorable to Donald Trump in, the, in general at this point because he's a Republican, and at this point it just seems that this judge has it out to get Donald Trump, and I think that's going to play out in Donald Trump's favor as it will look better for him as he is appealing when this judge goes completely against Trump in every single instance that will probably actually help Donald Trump get out of punishment. So, uh, let me get back to the right. There we go. Juan Merchan, who is the judge overseeing the Donald Trump Stormy Daniels case. So, I read a little bit of that to you. And that's all I want to say about that. I just think that it's crazy that somebody who's clearly as biased against Trump as this guy could possibly be his judge in this case. It just seems absurd that randomly Trump would get this guy twice. It doesn't make sense. All right, so we're going to move on to another story. Uh, we have, it's really a story about Ron DeSantis, but it's being uh, put up as a story about Governor Gavin Newsom here in California. He's, for some reason, making a tour of southern states uh, in this article, specifically Florida. So this is from the Sacramento Bee, and it says, Gavin Newsom visits Florida Liberal Arts College at the center of Ron DeSantis' culture war. This was written by Maggie Angst. 
And it says, Governor Gavin Newsom finishing his first trip Wednesday under the banner of a national campaign to speak out against red state policies will visit New College of Florida, the small liberal arts school that has become a culture war flashpoint under Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The public college in Sarasota, known as a community of three free thinkers, risk takers, and trailblazers, has become a target in DeSantis' crusade against higher education, which he depicts as a bastion of so-called woke liberal ideology. So what's happening is, as is Governor Ron DeSantis's purview, he has reconfigured the board of this college, and he believed that it was being very, very anti-conservative and that it was absolutely going against what was in the best interest of those conservative students. And so he has gotten rid of the old board or changed up the makeup of the old board and, and put in people that are loyal to conservative policies and to Governor DeSantis. And he is looking to remake that institution into one that is more accepting of broader ideologies and ways of thinking. And so uh, it, to the outsiders and to especially people at this university, it looks like DeSantis is coming in and taking it over. And that's kind of what he's doing. And again, it's his purview to do that as governor of the state. And, uh, you know, if Newsom had had to do that here in California with a conservative college, I'm sure that he would have. So uh, I just wanted to bring this up uh, because we're going to see Newsom popping up in more uh, articles across the country. Uh, and he is looking like he is going to run for president of the United States probably in 2024. Uh, so take a look, keep your eyes out for New College in Florida. Uh, Ron DeSantis is doing some good work over there, and you should keep your eyes out for it. Uh, oh, I completely forgot our Bible verses. What am I doing? This is a weird day today. Okay. And our Bible verse for this story is from Proverbs 15.22, and it says, Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. And I think both of these governors need to have very wise and good leadership and counsel, and I pray for both of them that they lead their states in the way that God wants them to go. All right, our third and final story. I know I'm running through these real quick. There just really isn't a whole lot going on. Uh, so I just want you to see in all three of these stories, they're massively written from the left point of view into a left audience. They were not written for you or for me. Maybe not for me, maybe for you. Uh, but I want to read this to you. Uh, this is from Bloomberg, written by Ellie Cerrone and Kelsey Butler. And it says state lawmakers are pushing anti-trans legislation at record rates. And I just want to reframe that. This is not anti-trans legislation. This is legislation in these states that is working to protect children. Okay. A child without their parents, say, can't go get a tattoo. But here in California, there are ways that children under the age of 18 can go have sex change surgery without their parents even knowing that they are trans. The school system hides it from the parents, and then they start working to set up those surgeries and those horrible procedures to be done to these children who don't know any better. And so Bloomberg is, is uh, publishing this as an anti-trans legislation, 
but in reality, it's just legislation trying to protect children from a state that wants to mutilate them. And so here's the story. It says, so far in 2023, barely a day has passed without state lawmakers across the country introducing a new pro-children bill. Uh, that's what I'm going to read it as, even though they say anti-LGBTQ. Many of those bills are advancing, and in some cases being enshrined into law. And so, yes, we see plenty of these laws being passed by Republican and conservative um, legislatures, and a lot of them are being signed by Republican governors, and I'm very thankful for that. That's the best way we can protect children in this country. Uh, Idaho, on April 4th, became the 10th state this year to ban gender-affirming care for minors. And again, when they say gender-affirming care, they do not mean health care. They mean mutilation. They mean cutting a perfectly healthy child up and making them incapable of ever having children. So that is what gender-affirming care means. And it's not that I don't care about these children. I think they're going through some horrible phase in their growth. They're also, I think, a lot of times these children are being influenced and targeted by their school, by a counselor, by somebody in authority over them at these public educations that is pushing them to believe that they aren't really the sex or they aren't really the gender that they were born as. And so I think it's absolutely heinous that we allow children to get the surgery. I don't even think that with a parent's permission, a child should be able to get this surgery. I think it should be completely illegal. It's unnecessary in any way, shape, or form. They can just wait until they're 18 and can choose what they want to do with their own bodies. Uh, to be forcing children to be completely sterilized, I think is just a complete crime and a sin against God. And the Bible verse that we have for this is from... Oh, I didn't get the... Uh, let's see. I think it's from Psalm. Let me look up the actual reference here. Sorry about that. Today's a sloppy day. I apologize. It's Psalm 127, 3 to 5. So Psalm 127, 3 to 5, and it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And I think that that is explaining exactly what kind of value that children have to God. And I think that we need to have that same value and that same respect towards children. All right, we're going to be wrapping it up today. I know that was super short, uh, but we have two chapters to read from the Bible. That's what we do now uh, at the end of every episode. We are going to read from Numbers 8 today. And Numbers 8 says, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and say to him, When you arrange the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light in front of the lampstand. And Aaron did so. He arranged the lamps to face toward the front of the lampstand, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now this workmanship of the lampstand was hammered gold. From its shaft to its flowers it was hammered work, according to the pattern which the Lord had shown Moses. So he made the lampstand. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel and cleanse them ceremonially. Thus you shall do to them to cleanse them. Sprinkle water of purification on them, and let them shave all their body, and let them wash their clothes, and so make themselves clean. Then let them take a young bull with its grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, 
and ye shall take another young bull as a sin offering. And ye shall bring the Levites before the tabernacle of meeting, and ye shall gather together the whole congregation of the children of Israel. So ye shall bring the Levites before the Lord, and the children of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord like a wave offering from the children of Israel, that they may perform the work of the Lord. Then the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the young bulls, and ye shall offer one as a sin offering, and the other as a burnt offering to the Lord, to make atonement for the Levites. And ye shall stand the Levites before Aaron and his sons, and then offer them like a wave offering to the Lord. Thus you shall separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine, and the Levites shall be mine. After that the Levites shall go into service the tabernacle of meeting, so you shall cleanse them and offer them like a wave offering, for they are wholly given to me from among the children of Israel. I have taken them for myself, instead of all who open the womb, the firstborn of all the children of Israel. For all the firstborn among the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them to myself. I have taken the Levites instead of all the firstborn of the children of Israel. And I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among the children of Israel to do the work for the children of Israel in the tabernacle of meeting, and to make atonement for the children of Israel, that there be no plague among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come near the sanctuary. Thus Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel did to the Levites, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so the children of Israel did to them. And the Levites purified themselves and washed their clothes. Then Aaron presented them like a wave offering before the Lord, and Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. After that the Levites went in to do their work in the tabernacle of meeting before Aaron and his sons as the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so they did to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This is what pertains to the Levites. From twenty-five years old and above, one may enter to perform service in the work of the tabernacle of meeting, and at the age of fifty years they must cease performing this work, and shall work no more. They may minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of meeting to attend to needs, but they themselves shall do no work. Thus you shall do to the Levites regarding their duties. And Acts 21. Now it came to pass that when we had departed from them and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos, the following day to Rhodes, and from there to Petara, and finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had sighted Cyprus, we passed it on the left, sailed to Syria, and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to un unload her cargo. And finding disciples, we stayed there seven days. They told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. When we had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way, and they all accompanied us, with wives and children, till we were out of the city. And we knelt down on the shore and prayed. When we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship, and they returned home. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemus, greeted the brethren, and stayed with them one day. On the next day we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea, and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied, and as we stayed many days a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt, and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. 
Now when he heard now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The will of the Lord be done. And after those days we packed and went up to Jerusalem, and also also some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought with them a certain Mena- certain Manasson of Cyprus, an early disciple, with whom we were to lodge. And when we had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. When he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children nor to walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads, and that all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing, except that they should keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, having been purified with them, entered the temple to announce the expiration of the days of purification, at which time an offering should be made for each one of them. Now when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people the law. And this place... And furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place, for they had previously previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian with him in the city, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was disturbed, and the people ran together, seized Paul, and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. Now as they were seeking to kill him, news came to the commander of the garrison that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains. And he asked who he was and what he had done. And some among the multitude cried one thing and some another. So, when he could not ascertain the truth because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. When he reached the stairs, he had to be carried carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying out, Away with him! Then, as Paul was about to be led into the barracks, he said to the commander, May I speak to you? He replied, Can you speak Greek? Are you not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a rebellion and led the four thousand assassins out into the wilderness? But Paul said, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city, and I implore you, permit permit me to speak to the people. So when he had given him permission, Paul stood on the stairs, and motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great silence, he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, saying, All right, 
Thank you for joining me. I hope that you have a wonderful week. I will see you on Friday.